You're listening to The Modern Love Project. We are your hosts, Carly and Simon. Here at The Modern Love Project, we candidly discuss... Romantic relationships. Friendship. Family. Sexuality. Modern parenting. Topical social issues. Let's do this. Simon Shimmy. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome. So this is really exciting because we are filming on location. <laughs> we are so currently good. on the coast of Port Elliot on a little family holiday. Yeah, sitting mm. out in the sunshine. So there will probably be birds slash dogs. Yeah, clip-clopping. <laughs> yeah. But it's super lovely and peaceful and I hope you guys appreciate all the, the birds and the serenity yeah, in the background. I feel like this is the perfect episode as well to be on location because yeah. it's a bit different for us. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So today's episode, episode 16, mm-hmm. is a Q&A episode. Before we jump into that though... Um, we had some <laughs> we had some feedback come back for privilege mm. our last episode um, and the listener who submitted the feedback said that they were very happy that Simon you brought up fertility privilege and definitely that the listener feels like there's a correlation between financial privilege and access to fertility assistance mm. um, and that it shouldn't be that way because, Fertility assistance should be a basic human right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Even when it comes to same-sex couples and the Medicare rebates that you get, um, oh. they don't, like if you're a same-sex couple who are trying to have a baby, you don't get any um, Medicare rebates, especially if you're uh, too male. Wow. Yeah. I have no yeah. So we don't, because they were not obviously going through the fertility journey, we don't yeah. get any Medicare rebates. We don't get any reimbursement of the pay for fees. So yeah. anyway, just another layer to yeah, fertility privilege. For sure. Um, the other piece of feedback that came through was um, this listener was again glad that we mentioned the experience of oppression and privilege duality. So mm-hmm. having privileges in some areas while feeling oppressed in others. Um, and this listener brought up a really cool point that sometimes people can become really defensive about their privilege if they are feeling oppressed in another area, mm-hmm. which I think, really good point. Yeah, 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 because yeah. you never know what someone's going through and from the outside, you could look at someone and go, oh, they have this and this and this. And while that mm. may be true, there might also be other things happening at the same time yeah that we can't see on the surface yeah yeah really good point yes i love that feedback so thank you for that um peak and pit of your week um well my peak is is that it is the school term holidays so i'm on break for two weeks which is fantastic and obviously being here with you guys and our families together which is super lovely Hit. I don't really have one. Like, oh, that's nice. Things are good. Life's good. Um, I'm happy. I th- it's probably because I'm on holidays right now. So I'm super <laughs> relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's bothering me. So. I love it. All good. How about you? The peak for me this week was this morning. 
So, a bit of context here. David, we're making up a, this is David's birthday weekend, mm-hmm. but it's not his real birthday because his birthday is Christmas Day. Yeah. So, we decided this was going to be his birthday weekend so that he could have a day outside of Christmas. Yeah. And this morning we had pancakes for breakfast and we decided we were going to do the tortilla slapping challenge, but with pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is where you have water in your mouth and you do rock, paper, scissors, and then whoever loses gets to slap the other person with the pancake or tortilla, and you're not allowed to let the water out of your mouth. Anyway, it was freaking hilarious, yeah. and yeah. Simon and I got some good slaps into each other. We did. When I looked back at the video that we captured, I slapped you pretty hard. Oh, I was, I gasped. Post, I gasped. I was like, oh my God, that was too hard. I slapped it too hard with my pancake. Oh, I <laughs> me like something shocking too yeah, yeah. Uh, that was super fun but yeah i think we should post a little snippet that'll be so funny yeah yeah, yeah we will yeah um and my pit of the week is probably that sean's not feeling that great so he's yeah. having a bit of a lie down yeah, yeah. poor guy he's in bed at the moment yeah cool let's jump into it so q a yeah cool so thank you so much to everyone who submitted questions we've got quite a few to get through yes um and hopefully we'll answer them with full honesty as much as we can yeah i feel strange doing this as well because we have seen the questions coming through but i don't feel like we prepped per se as we would for a usual episode no this is definitely more off the cuff yeah (laughs) yeah 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 for sure which is exciting so it means it's kind of like raw and honest and could be a complete (laughs) utter disaster we'll see awesome let's jump into it question one oh so who are your biggest influences slash role models slash mentors yeah how about you oh okay um so i don't have one particular person that I mm. look to I'm more so if there's an area that I'm wanting to improve or explore I will look to leaders in that field mm-hmm. so yeah. for example a few weeks ago I was um, looking into how to I guess not deal with relate explore Abel's new phase that he's going through as an eight-year-old boy mm-hmm. so I spoke to some people and they recommended Maggie Dent who's really good mm-hmm. she's an author she's um, done a lot of stuff on raising boys specifically and the hormonal changes that they go through and I found that really helpful but I would just say whatever area of my life that I am looking at I will look to leaders in that and then yeah. obviously I've got certain friends and family that I will bounce ideas off of. But I don't think there's one person that I've ever met that kind of encapsulates everything. Mm, yeah, yeah, I feel the same. There's not one person out there that I look to for everything. But yeah. there's a few different people who capture, I guess what you're saying, like yeah. things that I'm passionate about yeah. and that I look to for guidance. Bye. A few of mine would be, and it's probably a little bit obvious to some people, but and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift <laughs> but not for the root, like not just because I fangirl her and yeah. stand her. It's because I think from someone who's creative, who is I guess in touch with their emotions and yeah. uses that as you know in my creative outlets. Yeah, I feel like she does that in a way that I 
really identify with. Yeah, um, resonates. Yeah, and so it's just her creativity that I really look up to and yeah. love and yeah. adore. And obviously I just, yeah, can't get enough of her. Yeah. And I will bang on about her all day, every day for my <laughs> life. And I'm so okay with that. But um, I guess on a more, I guess, intellectual level, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. she's someone that I looked up to met, a lot. You've mentioned her before. Yeah, I have mentioned her before. And she does a lot of work with vulnerability and um, acceptance. Yeah. Yeah, she's someone I definitely look to for for guidance in those, those areas. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I like a lot of creative people as well mm. because, like you said, you can sort of identify with them mm. um, and it's nice to have a creative outlet. Yeah. And yeah. And it's strange that on a personal level sometimes, or in my experience, if there's been an area that I've wanted to explore, people will come into my life that I haven't met before that do that sort of thing, like yeah, whatever right. area it might be. Mm-hmm. So I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. Question two. Yes. All Question right. Two. Question two is... What is your motivation around doing the podcast and where are you hoping to take it? What's the biggest learning challenge? So I guess there's a few parts to that question. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Well, yeah, I guess because it was your, like we explained in the intro, it was your kind of baby to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Like we did explain in the intro, but I guess we can go a little bit deeper into it. Um, My motivation was always to create a safe space to express ideas about the ways in which the world is impacting who we are and having an outlet to express that in a way that could be helpful to other people. Mm -hmm. And so at first it was going to be one thing, but then it kind of grew into something else, which is now podcast. Yeah. And it's grown quite big. Mm. Um, way more than either of us thought it would. Yeah. So that's definitely my my motivation for doing it. Yeah. How about you? What's your motivation? Well, obviously, I love having our conversations that we would have just the two of us. Mm. Yeah. And like I mentioned, I think in one of the episodes, we had a conversation about who do people talk to if they don't have a person that they can have a really raw authentic conversation with that they Mm. can't be completely open and honest because it it's really hard to I guess find a person that you can show every side of yourself like the good the bad the ugly all your emotional all your emotionals (laughs) 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 all your levels of emotion and um it's a safe space and there's Mm. absolutely no judgment Mm -hmm. and they can call you out on your shit or say, have you noticed this pattern or have you thought about it like this? Yeah. And if you don't have a person in your life to do that with, who's your sounding board? Where Mm. do you go to? So I really Mm -hmm. loved when you said, hey, do you want to do a podcast that we could share some of our conversations and hopefully give people that might not have an outlet a chance to identify with some ideas or not feel so alone to also contribute how they were feeling and then to even maybe challenge the way that people see the world Mm. or or even challenge ourselves definitely both of those things yeah Yeah. and i have found it super cathartic and there's something Mm. about really voicing ideas and hearing yourself say things out loud that you start Mm. to notice patterns in your own behavior as well yeah 
Yeah, like it's definitely brought up conversations with people in my personal life. Yeah. Just, like through our certain episodes. Yeah. Like conversations Absolutely. with my parents and even with David. It's, yeah. And that probably wouldn't have happened unless yeah. we Same. started this podcast, you yeah. know. So it's kind of opened a door, hasn't it? it has. And I really hope a few people have reached out to us. Um, particularly around the friendship episode. Mm, that um, was a I, huge hit. Yeah. And I really hope that it's enabling other people to have these conversations mm. as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Should we talk about challenges? We, oh, I was going to say, where are we hoping to take it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, where yeah. are we hoping to take it? Well, I think it, it's hard to tell because I don't want to pour any expectations or, or yeah. limitations yeah, on this sure. oh i want to just let it be that, what, what it, it is, is. yeah and if and it you... grows bigger and bigger then that's yeah. great and we will tackle that as it comes yeah, i think absolutely and yeah. i love that you have always wanted it to be guided by listeners as mm-hmm. well so yeah we don't i guess have a game plan other mm. than we just want to be enjoying the process exactly. and yeah taking cues from our listeners into where it's gonna go yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think as well. If I relate this to the adopter sports game, we that was just it started as one thing and progressively over the years grew and grew and people contributed their own things and that's mm. just become what it is as a result of that. Yeah, and that was as much Chris and I getting out of the way of things and just yeah. letting them happen as forcibly trying to do things I suppose like it was a balance of just allowing the process which has been nice yeah great and what's been the biggest learning challenge tech yeah oh 100% (laughs) because I'm not technology minded so I it's really funny because at the start when we were first um, prepping for this podcast I went out and bought all this like high tech stuff, mm-hmm. but then I didn't know how to use it. So it all just like, so the first couple of episodes were shambles in yeah. terms of like audio and we just stripped it right back to basics and hopefully it's better now. But yeah, the tech, tech side of it was always going to be the biggest challenge for me anyway. I think we were kind of talking about this yesterday, actually. The biggest learning challenge aside from the tech has been knowing how much to share Mm. um, because Mm. I'm a bit of an Mm oversharer and being conscious of not telling like a one-sided story or not, I guess, wanting to throw anyone under the bus or hurt anyone's feelings in case Mm -hmm. they hear it. Yes. But also wanting to really deliver an honest reflection of events. Yeah. So it's been a really fine line to straddle. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that, especially as we're getting bigger and better and um, getting more listeners and listeners that I never thought would listen. Yeah. And then I'm finding out that they are. So I'm like, oh, like shit, I have to kind of be a little bit more conscious about what you say, what I'm going to say, which is respecting the fact I want to be honest as well. Exactly. Mm. And that's the hard thing because I think we need to be mindful of listeners and people's feelings, but also sometimes in order for things to change, you have to be really honest about where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I guess the casualty of that is sometimes people do get their feelings hurt. And I feel like if a conversation is uncomfortable for you, then it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, and that's where the growth comes from. 100%. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that question. Um, this one's really cool, and we are going to let the listener deliver this question. Hey, Carly and Simon. I would love to hear your opinion on raising children in a climate-changed world. Thank you. So I'm going to let you take over on this one because this is your Jiminy Jam. Um, yes. And I'd love to hear your perspective because I think you're super knowledgeable. Um, thank you. I feel you're like... welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I find it so hard to take compliments. Um, and I've been told that if you like deprive someone of a compliment, it's like throwing it back in their face. So oh, like, really? Yeah, like if you say, oh, you look so good or whatever their compliment is, and you're like, oh, no, it's like you've just thrown my compliment back at me. So I'm trying to embrace taking on the compliments. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I've never thought of from that perspective. Yeah, it's like someone's yeah, right. giving you a gift of a compliment and you're saying nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, mm. cool. Mm. I'm going to, yeah, that's just going to. Yeah. 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 I'm going to carry that with me now. Okay. That's blown my mind. Cool. You're Thanks. welcome. <laughs> um, so first of all, thank you for this question. I think the fact that you are already considering your impact as a parent and your children's impact on the planet, on the planet, wow, on the planet um, from a sustainability point is the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, there is guess, so much that you could take into consideration, but what something that Chris and I always say about adopt a spot is because it can be super overwhelming is that we would prefer um, everybody doing things um, imperfectly rather than a handful of people doing things perfectly. Yeah. So it's about, I suppose, doing one the best with what you can. Everyone's mm-hmm. circumstances are different in terms of location, financial ability. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're at a position, at least in Australia, where a lot of the time the Um, the sustainable choice is not always the financially economical choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be the deal breaker for some people. So it's about doing the best that you can with the tools that you have. Mm. Um, I would say pick the areas that you want to focus on. So for me, um, and again, it depends on the age of your children. Something that I have found really easy is nude food in lunchboxes. Mm-hmm. Um, which just means that you bulk buy and you don't put plastic into your um, kids' lunch boxes. Yeah. We use lots of reusable containers and drink bottles. Um, something that I felt super passionate about was birthday parties and how you can minimize waste at birthday parties with things like um, balloons, wrapping paper, uh, mm-hmm. even in the gifts that you choose. So mm-hmm. really thinking about why we do these things and how long they last. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, how long is a piece of string? There's so many things that you can absolutely do. I know that the um, nappy situation is a massive conversation for new parents. Um, Mm. And there's lots of differing viewpoints on using cloth nappies and then the impact on water usage first using disposables going to landfill. Um, I think being a new parent as well, it's, particularly with your first child, it can be stressful as it is. So just be kind to yourself and honestly do the best that you can. And like I said, pick your areas. I think definitely find people that are going to support you on your sustainability journey. There's lots of different um, Facebook groups. I know there's one 
for people in South Australia and Adelaide called Reduce, Reuse, Recycle, Radelaide. And they will talk to you about anything and everything. So you can pop mm. your questions on there. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest message for me as well is what you deliver and teach to your children. We are participating in the world as it is. And I think with children, it's a great opportunity to teach them how you want the world to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my children are way more eco-conscious than I was. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is the best thing that you can do for your children. I was just thinking that too, that kids... They're so savvy. Um, oh, they are. And they're, they're little sponges. Yeah. Like, whatever you instill in them early and teach them early, they'll mm-hmm. carry with them through life. Yeah. It's hard to change habits the older that you get. Yeah. So starting young is best. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is just having conversations with your children and being honest about what, you know, you do or don't know or what it might mm-hmm. have been like for you versus the options that there are now. Yeah. Um, I still love the advice of like, just do the best you can with the resources you have. You yeah. don't have to go yeah. all out and yes. spend a whole bunch of money and yeah. go beyond your means. Yeah. Totally. Otherwise, it's just going to... And some things just aren't feasible and sometimes you have good days and bad days and I think that shaming people on where they are in their journey of sustainability is absolutely not helpful. Mm. Um, Another thing for me that is probably something that I would love everyone to explore, not just new parents, is the recycling, I would call it the recycling epidemic, that we are um, being encouraged that recycling is the way forward for the planet where it's absolutely not <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um so it's about limiting our consumption yeah. I, I could talk about this all day yeah yeah <laughs> I bet you um i thought like eating less meat um mm-hmm. like animal farming yeah would be more of a contribution to yeah. climate change than recycling because i thought recycling if you put things in recycling not all of it gets recycled no, only um, a very small percentage this, i won't does. go into it but yeah the statistics are alarming of recyclable materials like things that are labeled as recyclables how much actually makes it into the recycling plant Mm, um, mm -hmm. and then is turned into other stuff Um, and if you look at the hierarchy it's actually at the bottom it's refuse first then reduce then reuse then recycle yeah right um yeah so it's i guess the least thing but growing up that's what we were told to do yeah it's been Um, always been our main focus yeah and there's a whole lot of stuff now about greenwashing and um Mm. corporations labeling things to make you feel like you're genuinely doing the right thing when again it's not anyway i digress but yes i love that you're even having the conversation i think that's amazing and i think that there's so many great resources available now Mm -hmm. um to share with children yeah, amazing. I love that question. Yeah, Thank you too. to the listener for asking that. Question four, what advice would you give your younger self, i.e. your 20s? Oh, God. I know, right? <laughs> I just spoke, you speak. Okay, all right. So, oh, man, I, it's really hard to reflect on my 20s because as much of a shit show it was, <laughs> I wouldn't change shit a thing. Show. You know, everything has made me the person I am today and put me in the position that I'm in today Mm -hmm. and so I can't say that I would change anything or do anything differently because it might have thrown me off course to where I am today Mm -hmm. so I think the best advice I could give to someone in their 20s i.e my younger self is just to be kinder to myself yeah um try 
and start changing that inner dialogue sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, Because starting inwards will, that will eventually become outwards. Yeah. And it will take you where you need to go. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. I love that. Kindness. Kindness, kindness. I saw this question and I thought, oh my goodness. For me, my 20s were about, (laughs) <laughs> also a bit of a shit show mm. but I think that's I like for is. everyone yeah I feel like I, I ev- it's a huge point, growth though. period yeah. I think that's what you do at a certain age is you go out and you make a mess of things and you discover who you are and it's great fun mm-hmm. um I would probably say like you very similar things that I would layer in just enjoy it as well yeah because I feel like sometimes my 20s felt like trying to get over the hurdle and work stuff out yeah yeah. And I, like maybe it's like you just sit in the mess and it is what it is. Mm. And um, not having the expectation yeah. to have the answers. Yeah. 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 Like, I guess it goes back to being kinder to yourself in a sense of like, you don't need to know. No, you don't need to know. And you may never know and just enjoy yeah. where you're at. Exactly. Um, I think for me as well, my life is kind of, there's like a bit of a divide of pre and post children. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So if I went back in time, I would probably say like everything is just a little bit easier before you have children. Mm-hmm. So just enjoy that make space, the most of it. make yeah. the most of it. Like you yeah. can absolutely do everything after children, but it's just mm. that little bit more requires a little bit more thoughtfulness and planning and yeah, um, and it's great. Mm. But yeah, I think I would just be like, hey, just really enjoy this and sit in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wanted I to that. put this question a little bit because I'm kind of like, no regrets. It was what it was. But I was thinking, what would our future ten year selves be saying to us now? Yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty darn good. <laughs> So if I'm, and I'm pretty sure me in ten years' time will look back on that and go, yeah, wow, look how far you've come. Yeah. From your twenties to your thirties to now yeah. in my forties, my yeah. God, that's only ten years away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and when I think about where I'll potentially be in forty years' time and the person I would be, it's gonna look completely different to mm-hmm. it is now. So yeah, it's all a journey, and I think when I'm in my forties. Yeah, like I said, it's just going to look so, so different. Yeah. And again, looking back, I'd be like, oh, I wish you appreciated yes. where you are now yeah. in your 30s. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess um, going back to what you're saying about pre and post kids mm-hmm. and being in the moment, I'm, I'm conscious of that now because Dale and I are going through this fertility journey yeah. and we're at the back, back end of it now. Mm. And potentially by the end of next year, there might be three of us. Yeah. So... I'm kind of conscious of being like, oh, that's... appreciate this time. Yeah, that's trying to make the most of this time. Yeah. So we're kind of thinking about holidays, yeah. doing, doing renovations and that yeah. kind of stuff. And so it's just like, let's just do the things that we want to do yeah. now yeah. instead of waiting. Because yeah. why wait? Yeah. What's the point of waiting? Yes, which brings me to my uh, future self. I feel like Carly in 10 years would come back and be like, if there's anything you want to do, girl, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Like, there's no time like the present. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a misconception that in your 30s, your mid to late 30s, you need to know, have all the answers and mm. have everything settled and sorted and know mm-hmm. where you're at and be an adult. Mm. And 
you don't. Well, I don't. <laughs> no. Oh, 100% not. Um, so just enjoy it and mm. go with it. Yeah. Yay. And I think this is a sign for anyone who is kind <laughs> of waiting around, wondering if they should do the thing or not. Mm-hmm. Just do the thing. Oh, I like Don't that. wait. I absolutely like Especially that. when you think about it in the context of what would my future self think looking back at who I am now. Yeah. You know, just yeah. do it. Yeah, agree, agree, agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realised that I forgot to put one of the questions in. Right. But it was a listener question. Yeah. Ari, about labels. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, I can't remember what the actual question was. Oh. But I know it was something that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, it was a question around if, if labels are important mm-hmm. for some people, but they're not for others and where that line is. Yes, and are they restrictive by yeah. labeling yourself as something? Yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah, do yeah. they help us? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So... We can answer that now. Yeah, like. let's do it. Um, My brain just went, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies to that person. Because yes. we said we would answer it, but we completely forgot to put it in. Yes. But I'm glad you remembered. Yes, I did. So, personally, when it comes to labels, I've, I've battled with it mm-hmm. quite a lot. Okay. Because I knew I wasn't like most other people, but I knew I wasn't gay, straight, mm-hmm. hyper-masculine, yeah. more feminine. But then some days I did feel masculine, more masculine. Some days I did feel more feminine. Some okay. days I did feel gay, straight, yeah. more female, more male. So did you find labels alienating and restricting? It, it or? was for me. Okay. It was for me. Yeah. Um, and I had to really dig deep and just be content with the fact that I is who I is and I yeah. don't need someone to tell me yeah. who I, like, I don't need someone to put me in a box because yeah. I don't want to be in a box. Yeah. Do you think though we all are guilty of labeling things mm. whether we probably want to admit it or not? Mm. Um, I think because it's just ingrained in us like yeah. you just label people. Agreed. And do you think that's about working out your standpoint in relation to somebody else. Yeah. And I think as also you interact with them. Yeah. Yeah. As well as your own journey Mm -hmm. in self discovery. Yeah. As well. Um, and I totally, well, I don't identify with a label or it's got real no place for me and who I am. Yeah. I totally appreciate the fact that people want a label, need a label, like to have a label because they want that identity. Yeah. They want that community and they want that reassurance of who they are. Yeah. And I totally love and appreciate that. Yeah. Like for some people, they're like, yes, I am a female and I am a lesbian and I want to be, and that's how I want to be identified. Yeah. I want to be in that box because yeah. that is who I am. Yeah. And I love that about me. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Great. I love that for that person. Yeah. But just because one person wants a label doesn't mean everybody else does. Yeah. That's a really great point because I feel like I don't necessarily have to have people labelled as this is who they are, particularly if they're still figuring themselves out. Mm. This is something I've found really interesting about raising children is I don't think that they necessarily have a lot of labels or there's no you or I, it's just us. Yeah, Like 100%. everything is all togetherness. Yeah. But for me personally, I think having labels 
has sometimes helped me to define who I am or mm. to reach goals yes, as well. Yes. Because I think for me it's one thing to say I am this type of person or I'm a person that acts with integrity and that's a statement I'm going to make about myself. Mm-hmm. And it also it kind of makes – it's like a, I guess a contract with myself. of If mm-hmm. I'm going to label myself as this kind of person – then that's going to be my North Star and my compass. And when I make a decision, that's what I'm going to go by. It's going to live up to. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's served me in that way. Mm-hmm. But it can also, yeah, be limiting as well. I Particularly so if other people label you or mislabel you. Yes. Yes. And uh, I love how I was approaching it from like a sexuality or gender yeah. place. And you were yeah. coming from like actual personality, personality traits. traits. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I guess, the two layers of it yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the other thing that I struggled with, people kind of labelling me and then trying to work out if that actually is me or not. Yeah. Like the amount of times people would say, oh, you'd be good at this or you should do this as a career. And, I, and mm-hmm. I'd let that get into my head and be like, okay, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah. And I would pursue it and go, actually, what am I doing? Because this isn't for me. Yeah. Like not just in the fact that like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. but. Yeah. I'm not like my motivation wasn't for me. Yeah, my motivation was coming yeah. from other people's perception of, perception of me yeah. and how they identifi- identified me. Yeah. So that was a lot to work through. But yeah, I totally love that people really embrace their labels. Yeah. But I also love the fact that people don't, don't have to borrow them. them. Don't have to yeah, them. I agree. Yeah. I think it's on a individual basis. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as well, some labels can have a real negative connotation mm-hmm. towards them mm-hmm. so when you use that label like, why are you smirking um because the like we have like three dogs underneath us and oh, and one then... of them just farted oh. <laughs> it's awful <laughs> i'm just like oh, i'm trying not to breathe uh, 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 okay. i thought you were like having an aha moment but no. you were just having a no. stinky smell moment yeah um, yeah, Sorry. so I think it can be really hard sometimes when people use a label to define you perhaps incorrectly or it might be a correct label but they use it in a negative mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to – I really hope she doesn't mind. I'm going to use an example um, that my friend's quite passionate about which I can also relate to that – when you are not necessarily a tall person and you might identify as short or, you know, you're vertically mm-hmm. challenged, um, sometimes people can, you can be labelled as kind of like cute or young or, mm. um, and then it goes past, I guess, even being labelled because people feel like they can treat you in a certain way because they put you in that box for example yeah, right. um when you're smaller people will often pick you up yeah that's so, i feel like that's so weird or pat you on the head that's so or, weird yeah i kind of saying like because there's a perception of like a short person is kind of reminded of like that childlike stature and so that can I'm never be like hot sure. or sexy or Super attractive because... Yeah. it's So while the label might technically be correct, mm. um, as in, yes, you're short and, like, I would certainly identify or call myself a short person, but then I feel like it can get used against me, mm. as can I suppose being a woman. Yeah. It's like the judgment behind it. 
Yeah. 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 For sure. Anything else that you want to mention about labels? Yeah. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the other thing is that when it comes to labels, sometimes I, I use labels on myself just to make it easier for other people. Like to kind of understand me better. Because they're a label person and they need to Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. sometimes I identify, like sometimes I tell people I'm gay or that I'm bi, just depending on. Because they don't think that they, you don't think that they will understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just if I'm gauging the person and their level of understanding or my relationship with them, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just easier to put up that label just to make the, yeah. the interaction easier or something i don't know it's very it's a very complicated i facet, think that, that lays one. into what you were saying about when you um are a queer person you need to come out every single time you meet someone though mm. so that might be the like i imagine that's exhausting mm-hmm. so sometimes it might be okay this could be a 10 minute conversation with this person that has no idea about I guess the different types of sexuality. Yeah. Um, or I, I could make it a two-minute conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. It's definitely one of those scenarios. All right. Question five: How did you meet your partner, and what advice would you have for singles out there? <laughs> so I met David through a social media app, mm-hmm. and this is the story of how we met, and I'm going to stick with it. We uh, so I actually noticed David on Tinder like years, years, and years ago with his blonde bleached hair, and we matched, but I didn't go anywhere. So anyway, fast forward really? years later, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, fast forward years later, and I'm in a deep stalk on Instagram, and I come across this this profile, and I'm like, this guy looks really familiar. I didn't even know if he was gay or not or anything. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, like, do we know each other? And he said, no, but it's Adelaide. Um, so maybe because it's a pretty small place. I'm like, yeah. yeah, maybe. And then he's like, do you want to go on a date? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this was not the intention. But of course I said yes. Yes. And then the rest is history. So cute. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, advice for single people. Between relationships is a really great time to work on yourself mm-hmm. and reflect on what you really want um, and focus on you. Yeah. Um, I really don't encourage actively seeking out somebody um, to be in a relationship with because I feel like you fall in a trap of lowering your standards. Okay, um, interesting. Like, I guess, I mean, in the way of like someone who's like desperate to find somebody and they kind of lower their standards to find yeah. anyone, yeah. I guess, to connect yeah. with. Anyway, the greatest advice I could give for someone who's single is just using that time to focus on yourself. Yeah. Um, and reflect yeah. about what you truly want, and working on you, mm-hmm. and just living life for you as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just letting love, you know, come find you, come your way for when it's ready. I love that you said that. It's a great segue into how I met Sean as well. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to touch on, I think that the social narrative around people being single really needs to change. Mm. And I think, like you said, it's such a great time to just 
explore who you are mm -hmm. and what you love. And I think when you do that, you attract people into your life mm. that are on that same, I guess, level and path. Mm -hmm. And to layer into what you were saying about that you will lower your standards or settle, I think you need to have a really, or everyone should have a really honest conversation with themselves about would I rather be single or in a relationship with someone that's not exactly what I want, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think in my old age now, <laughs> I would actually just rather be single. Yeah. But I think certainly when I was younger, I would probably have preferred companionship even if it wasn't right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel that. Mm. I feel like we've all been there mm -hmm. for sure. Um, how I met Sean... We, funnily enough, had so many groups of mutual friends and went to all the same places at the exact same time and never really crossed paths, mm. which yeah. is so bizarre. Mm. Um, but I think there's a lot of timing in things as well. We certainly changed over the years, so I think yeah. we probably wouldn't have been right for each other anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we were at a club and... We had an interaction there, and then from what I hear, he tried to get my number mm. off of mutual friends, and it didn't happen, and then we kept bumping into each other, and I was actually going through a stage where I really, I'd come out of, like, long relationship after long relationship, and I had really found myself being single and embracing being single I had a couple of really close girlfriends who were single at the same time and we were just loving it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even though when I met Sean I was like oh I really like this guy I didn't want to compromise my journey of being single yeah and I don't want people to think that was because about going out and hooking up with all random people it was more so for me it was not having to be on anyone else's schedule, mm -hmm. not having to explain myself, just really taking a deep dive into being me and not having any attachment. Especially when you're going from long relationship to a longer relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was 22. Yeah. yeah. I was so young. Yeah. Um, and then we just kept bumping into each other and then started hanging out and it naturally progressed. But I think the timing was certainly a lot more right when we both got there. Yeah. So... Yeah. Amazing. Yes, Go ask with our cute stories. <laughs> well, mine is actually funny because when I first met Sean, he came up to me and he was bleeding from his finger. And I was like, what happened? And he's like, oh, my ex-girlfriend, like, cut my hand open with some glass. And I was like, me being the empath, I was like, don't worry. Your next girlfriend's going to be awesome. Blah, 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 <laughs> as I'm fixing his finger. Turns out I was talking about myself. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So good. But yeah, so I think it's really hard as well. The last thing you want to hear from about being single is from someone in a relationship. I feel like that can come Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. But yeah, having been single previously... Yeah, I think just really try and spend that time with yourself. Mm. And I know it is challenging because everything that we see in this world is reflected around like companionship and finding that person, whether it be, mm -hmm. you know, movies, And we holidays. spoke about last episode, the privilege of being with someone versus on your own. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, so definitely. And I think, like, I've spoken, Sean and I have spoken before about, you know, God forbid something happened to either one of us. And it would take a lot for me to, if something happened to Sean or if we were to separate for some random reason, Mm. it would take a lot for me to be with somebody else. Like, they would have to be very special and they would really have to add value to my life because Mm -hmm. I feel like... For sure. Every other area of my life is quite full. Which is how it should be when you're single, I guess. Mm. Having the perspective of, I shouldn't need this because I want the companionship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, you should want it because... But I get that it, you get lonely. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah. But um, I also feel like if if you get lonely, if, you, if you're someone who feels lonely, then I think that's a bit of a self-reflection on yeah. maybe you need to do some inner work. Yeah, because you can still be lonely within a relationship. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Also, like, if you need some physical... Oh, that's different. Oh, then yeah. Absolutely. Oh, uh, go that. your hardest. <laughs> Do not excuse the pun. Go, go for gold. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hope this didn't come across as like having no empathy for people that are struggling to find their person because I mm. get it yeah. completely. Yeah, for sure. Oh, speaking of, my person's just emerged yeah. from the from the, house, depths within. from the the depths. Um, I love that. Anyway. Um, our lucky last up? question. We're up to our lucky last question. Oh, is this me? Right. Yeah. So I wanted to submit a question. Yeah. Um, because I had, well, I've actually, it's actually come up for me a few times, which means there's something I need to resolve in it, clearly. Yeah. But I've do had. You want, do you want me to ask it and then you answer it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm please. like I'm like interviewing you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Please. So in our societies, uh, attempt to provide fair opportunities for children, have we stunted or discouraged individuals from being great or winning, and also hindered development in failing slash losing? Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. Um. So I think coming off the back of our privilege episode as well. Mm-hmm. It made me think about um, the difference between inclusivity and taking down the barriers to make things, um, what was it? It was not equal, providing justice, Mm -hmm. so allowing everyone to have... Removing the barriers. But I think in a way, in some circumstances, we have placed in our desire to make everything fair... In society, we have placed boundaries on people excelling or being good or finding their thing. And also in the name of protecting everybody's feelings as well. Yes. So this looks like, and it's come up a lot for me recently, and a lot of it has been shown through my children. Mm. Um, I know, like, we all laugh about it, but the participation medal is absolutely a thing. Yeah. Um, And... It's almost like we discourage our children, which would then, I suppose, continue into adulthood, of you, we, don't, we want to protect everyone's feelings. So mm. we don't want you to be too good at this. We don't want you to excel. We don't want you to win. We're not going to keep score, mm. particularly when it comes to sporting and those sorts of, or I guess anything where there's... Um, winning involved or a tally. Um, and the purpose of that is to 
so no one's feelings are hurt, right? Yes, but I just I feel like maybe that which has, is, that shouldn't be a reason, by the way. I'm no, just stating like that's the purpose. In doing, I think absolutely we need to provide equal opportunities and remove barriers so everybody gets to have a go. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be holding people back who won want to win who are competitive and passionate and mm. want to be the best at something yeah um because yeah. on the flip side of that i feel like children are not taught how to fail mm-hmm. or to be bad at something mm-hmm. and to work through those feelings mm-hmm. um and not everybody is good at everything and that's mm. great but let people shine at the things that they're good at and if yeah. you're not great at sport then you might be great at music or art or yeah. language or, you know, be great with people. Let's mm-hmm. celebrate people for their greatness and not hold them back. Yeah. Just, yeah. just so everybody else's feelings are, are, protected. are protected. Yeah. yeah. So I've really struggled with yeah. this because a lot of children's stuff at the moment is it's not about winning. And I'm like, mm. well, it's literally the the game is defined yeah, it's a by sport. it's a sport. It's defined the by winning win. and losing. Yeah, yep. And my child has fun when he wins. He's mm-hmm. goal orientated and he's great at it, and he works his butt off to be great at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's other children that aren't interested. So why yeah. does my child then have to pull back on his achievements to make other people feel comfortable? Yes. I'm trying to say that's, this to not sound like that's an perfectly asshole. put though. What you just said there is perfectly poor. Yeah. Why should I hold back on my child's achievements? Or why should my child hold back on his achievements? Yeah. Just to make other people feel more comfortable. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I find that really hard. And then what he's, well, both my children, but particularly my son being the AG, is he's not getting the opportunity to learn how to lose well. Mm. Um, and he gets really emotional and upset when he loses. Yeah. Um, and that's a skill that he needs to develop and mm. push through. So, yeah, tell me from, like, I guess an outsider's perspective, and I feel like it happens in adults as well. It's like we don't want to alienate people by being good or being winners or having accomplishments or achieve things, and it's like you almost have to mm. hide things because you're worried about upsetting people. Yeah, yeah. I think being aware of competitiveness that can be quite toxic and unhealthy yeah i think in this scenario you really want to teach healthy competitiveness you yeah. want to teach um well that in itself it competition doesn't have to be a bad thing no it and it doesn't. often can push you to be better and you can yeah. be competing with yourself that's yeah 100 yeah. and i think the point i'm making is that i think it's perfectly fine and healthy to teach a child or anyone mm-hmm. what it means to lose yeah. and those feelings that are associated with that and what yeah. it means to win and those feelings associated that with yeah. that and being comfortable with either. resilience as well. You yes, know? resilience. Um, if you're not good at something, chances are you might be able to be good at it. What do you need to do? You know, do you need, is there things that you need to practice? Is there people you need to talk to? Like, yeah. Do you yeah. need to train harder or yeah. it's just not for you? Yeah. And you've given it a yeah. go. Yeah. Cool. And you might Talk not love it either. Mm. Yeah. God, that's going to be one of the joys. <laughs> being a newfound parent. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, it just kept coming up for me and I thought, what is this? This yeah. just really irks me. I'd love other people's feedback on this as well. So if you're a mm. listener and you're a parent and you've 
experienced this before, you have similar feelings to Carly, I'd love to hear your input and then we can touch on it next episode at the start yeah, and just get some feedback from it. I think so because I yeah. think the flip side um, of it was that um, the other people who feel differently are wanting to make sure that there's inclusion for children, which mm. I absolutely agree with, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's not about winning um, that it's about having fun, which again I agree with. Yeah. I just don't think it has to be either or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So definitely curious to hear other people's feelings about that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> love awesome. it. Wow. Uh, that was great. Yeah. I love that. I love such a good mix of questions. It was a really good mix of questions. I hope everyone enjoyed. I know we didn't yeah. go into a lot of questions. I think. Yeah. We just wanted to really capture a variety and then dive deep yeah. into it. And yeah. so it just like, here's 20 questions. Let's give, you know, a quick answer and then move on. Yeah. Like, I'd love that we've just... A surface conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way we talk is never no. surface or no. superficial. No. We, we dive deep. When so. we're not slapping each other with pancakes. Slapping, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, we'll definitely post that so you guys can see it's hilarious so good (laughs) thank you you so much for everyone who submitted questions and i'm assuming i shouldn't assume but anyway we might later on do another q a so Mm. feel free to submit questions for potty topics for the future and we will collate them and pop them aside. We've still got a few that we didn't touch on today that I would love to that were submitted. So yeah. absolutely continue to send those through. Yeah. Oh, just quickly, Ooh. what's your what's your uh, best date idea or the best date you've ever been on? Oh, best date. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't think I've ever really been on like a date date or yeah. like after the fact of being with someone but I don't, yeah. I don't know or like what's my I don't know you go <laughs> oh, oh on the second date this guy took me to Cirque du Soleil oh my gosh <laughs> bought me like really great tickets to Cirque du Soleil which would been super fucking expensive yeah um yeah but I wouldn't say that was like a great day like I love the show but I didn't like that person enough to be like oh yeah I'm yeah. enjoying this with you I enjoyed the Cirque du Soleil and not <laughs> the day does that make sense yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm pretty old school and I'm also a bit of a basic bitch so love that, I would prefer a first date where I could actually talk to the person have a conversation yeah because yeah, if you're yeah. sitting watching a movie or so whatever like how much you're actually engaging with that person i really don't believe in going to the movies in the first couple of days like what's the point of being with someone new and then not speaking to them for two to three hours maybe it depends what some people are shy i don't really yeah yeah that's true but i'm really basic so for me and i'm very outdoorsy so like going to for a walk going to the beach going for a swim food of course food and then just chatting and music and I think that is definitely the best type of dates where you actually have the time and space to sit down and really get to know someone through conversation. Yes. And it just occurred to me that I went straight to romantic date, but I think for friendship dates, it's the same. I love a good mix of like going and doing funny, adventurous stuff where you get to do things, but then also just going for walks and catching up. Yeah. Uh, my mind went straight to when we went rock climbing that time. 
There was, there was a few of us, but uh, yeah, and it was great. It was fun, but yeah. Yeah, so good. Cool. Anyway, I thought I'd end on that. Love, 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 love. Let us know what your ideal dates are, guys. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Okay. And then maybe we can steal your idea and go on these dates. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Take care.